Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some gospel? Let's get it. What does gospel mean? It's good news. This is good news. It's nothing but good news to the good news, right? If you can find bad news in the good news, it what? Ceases to be good news. So there's no bad news to the good news. I want to share the gospel with you. Last week, uh, I'm going to recap a little bit, if that's okay. <clears throat> We've been in identity now, effectively, over 40 weeks. I think we're getting ready to hit week 50. That's kind of crazy, but that's just kind of where we are. Um, how many of you guys have just been blessed by just some gospel? Like, realistically. How, how many have been challenged by the gospel? I'm challenged. I'm challenged by the gospel. Um, do you understand that most people go to church every week and they're never challenged by anything? Ever. Everything is always what they agree with. That means somebody is telling them what they already believe to be true. Based off how they grew up or what they were taught. But do you think Jesus did that with his disciples? Did he introduce them to stuff that challenged how they thought? <laughs> So um, that's why if you hear something, you're like, man, I don't know. That's, that's, that's like, that's challenging. The, let, let truth work itself out in you. It's good to be challenged. We need it. I need it. And you need it as well. So a few of the things we talked about last week, uh, I read a scripture to you from Proverbs. And the scripture was this, as a man thinketh or woman thinketh in his heart. What's the rest of that? So is he. Come on, say, as a man or woman thinketh. In their heart, so are they, right? And so we read that passage, but also Romans 12, 2, Paul says, do not be conformed or don't let the world around you or the culture shape you. He says, but be transformed. How? He didn't say by going to a fiery church service. He says, be transformed. How? By the what? Renewing of your mind. So what you think matters. What you think matters immensely. So let me tell you what Solomon did not say in Proverbs. He did not say, this is powerful. Solomon did not say, as God thinketh, so is he. Solomon didn't say, whatever God thinks about you, that's how you will be. That would have been good if it said that, but it didn't say that. He says, as a man or a woman thinketh in their heart, so are they. So I want to say this. You do not simply become what God thinks about you. Because what we think about ourselves matters. Jesus, man. Is that good? I said, what we think about ourselves matters. Pull up my notes here. So I don't just become what God thinks about me. I actually end up becoming what I think about me. Now, here's what's dangerous about that. If that is not the same thing that God thinks about me, that's not God's fault. We have to think about ourselves. Watch this. 
the same thing that God thinks about us. Tracking with me? So what, what the father does is he says, I think this about you. You think this about you. But I want you to bring your thinking into alignment with what I said about you. You see that? So that everybody say heaven and earth. Come on, say heaven. Now say earth. All right. I'm going to just draw. This is, but I'm going to put an H here for heaven, right? Now watch this. I'm going to put an E here for earth. Earth seems a little bit bigger right now. That, that was looking good. I don't, this is an Easter egg. I don't know what this is, but you get the point. Everybody say heaven. Now say earth. What the Lord wants is he wants earth to be in alignment with heaven. So that Jesus said, your kingdom would come and your will would be done on how? Just as in heaven. This does not happen if we don't know what's happening in heaven. Now, this is so simple, it takes church to complicate it. This is what I'm telling you. This is so simple, it effectively, it, only church, only church and Christians can effectively hide Jesus. People outside of the synagogue in the days of Jesus Christ, while he walked the planet, always encountered him and met him. Usually only, only when he went to the synagogue did they like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. Jesus was so visible that a blind man said, son of David. But a guy that was well trained in the scriptures, six inches from Jesus, couldn't recognize who he was. Papa's heartbeat about us cannot just remain on the pages of our Bible. We have to ingest it. Like I'm talking about you have to ingest. We need a Psalms 119 moment where David said, watch this. Now I'm way ahead of myself. He said, I hid your word in my, some of us hide it in the Bible. We hide it on our coffee table but we have not hid it in our heart. He said, I hid your word in my heart so that I might not, what? Sin against thee. You know what the great sin against God is? It's not using the Lord's name in vain. By the way, that, is not, that, does, not mean, that does not mean GD. You, can't, you saying a bad word behind his name is not taking his name in vain. Let me just help you with that. That's not what they were thinking about when they wrote that. Let me tell you what, taking the name of the Lord's name in vain really is for us today, 2022 years later. You say you are a person who's made in his image and bears his name, but you don't live as if you do. You took the name in vain. And you thought you were in good place because you didn't say GD in a while. It's so quiet in here, you can hear a moth pee on a cotton ball right now. Like, I mean, this is, this is, this is, they used to tell me the hunting's good when it's quiet. We need to see this reality on the earth, on the earth as it is in heaven, said Jesus. But how, Jesus? I am so grateful for church buildings and church services like we have today. But I'm going to tell you something. 
When Jesus said, I will build my church, that's not what he was talking about. He wasn't saying, I'm going to build these nice buildings with drywall and metal and put rafters in them. And I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against this building at 1801 South Kelly Avenue. That's not what he was talking about. It is not at all what he was talking about. He was talking about a word in Greek that is ekklesia, which, by the way, the Romans really knew what that terminology meant. They, they understood that probably better than we do today. It was this separated people that were, so, they, they literally, actually the church met once a year in Rome, not the church the way we know it. Their group of leaders would meet, and they would come together and make monumental decisions that could literally shift their society. So Jesus said, that's cool. He said, but I'm going to build my church. I'm going to have my own sought out, separated people. And based off how they think, I'm telling you this, the gates of hell will not prevail against them. But why does it seem like hell has prevailed in a lot of ways? Because I'm telling you, we don't think about things the same way the Lord does. And I have been so challenged the last five or so years, even theologically. And I'm like, oh, that's why I've been... Not, not really winning in this area. So I introduced to you two monumental thoughts last week. And I want to bring these out before you again. Let me find out where I wrote these at here. I got too many notes. Too many notes. Here was a thought. Ready for this? Okay. Buckle up. Here we go. How far you go and how much you grow is not determined by what God believes about you only. The person that is putting a needle in their arm today, trust me, God does not think that about them. Right? The person abusing their spouse or lying on their neighbor or lusting in their heart or whatever it may be. The same way, the person overeating. Just still a sin in the New Testament. No matter what it is, you fill in the blank. That is not God's thought about any of us. So it is not just what God thinks about us that makes us. But it is equally important at all times what we believe about us. So here was the big thought. You ready for this? Here it goes. What perspective about God, our Father, Jesus called him Abba or Papa, do we still have that is inconsistent with the Father that Jesus revealed to us? Selah. Listen. What thoughts do we have about our Heavenly Father that are inconsistent with how Jesus revealed him to be. Because Jesus never said, when you see Job, you see the Father. He never said, when you see Moses, you see the Father. He didn't say, when you see David or Abraham or Elijah, you see the Father. He didn't say, when you see Barak, you see the Father. He didn't say, when you see Gideon, Samson, or Jephthah, you see the Father. None of those guys clearly saw the Father, which is almost, it would have been a heretical statement had Jesus not said it, because there are six times in the Old Covenant, the Hebrew Scriptures, where men said they saw God. And they did, but they only saw him through what Paul called a veil. But yet Jesus came and said, I'm going to reveal the Father to you without a veil. Well, what's he going to look like? 
And Jesus said this, when you've seen me, you clearly see the Father. Okay. Okay. John chapter 1, Jesus actually said, no man saw God at any time except he who came from the Father who is now in the bosom of the Father. And Jesus said that while standing on the earth and at the same time, he was still in the bosom of the Father. Jesus was on the earth while at the same time standing in heaven. How would Jesus treat sinful people? Would he do like we do a lot of times today? No, Jesus went out of his way to meet with sinful people. They taught in the days of Jesus that sin separated you from God, except Jesus never taught that. There's a lot of stuff written in your Bible. It is truly written, but that don't make it truth. Yeah, I'm telling you, if it doesn't line up with the character and nature of Jesus, who is perfectly, the perfect representation of the Father, it may be truly written, but it doesn't make it truth. You, you, you track it with me? You tracking with me? So what thoughts do we secretly entertain about God that Jesus didn't reveal to us? He went out of his way to be in the presence of a sinner at a well in John 4, a prostitute. Went out of it, delayed eating the Chick-fil-A to meet with her. He said, y'all go get food. I'm going to stay right here. What? We don't do that. I do that. And when you've seen me, you've seen how my dad treats his kids. Jesus is walking, and the people, Christian, are thronging him. Thronging him. And as he's walking, he looks up. Uh, uh, Zacchaeus was trying to get a glimpse of his majesty, couldn't do it. Not just because he was short, but they were actually keeping him from getting to Jesus. Because they couldn't do nothing else to him. But one thing we can do, we, we got more of us than they are you. You've been cheating from us and stealing from us. We ain't going to let you lay eyes on this man. And he said, you know what I got to do? The Bible says he ran ahead of the crowd. Talk about preaching right there, man. He ran ahead of the crowd. He accelerated. Watch this. And then he elevated. He said, I'm going faster and I'm going higher. And he got up in a tree. And Jesus is walking and Jesus sees him. And I don't know how Jesus knew his name. Maybe because he's the word of God and he knows everything. Right? We still think the Bible is the word of God. But anyway, I'm going to just keep right on going. But Jesus is the word of God. Thank God for the scriptures. Watch this. This is the scriptures. Watch this. And the scriptures contain the word of God. Right? The word of God is a man, folks. This, this is true. This is what the early, the word of God is a man. Right? The word of God is a man. And when he was 18, he grew a beard. But let me keep right on going. Right? Word of God would have shaved. The word of God would have burped. The, the word of God would have bathed. The word of God cried. When has your Bible ever caught you when you fell? Jesus says, Zacchaeus, he said, come down. Watch this, because I'm going to your house. You know what Zacchaeus thinks? I'm a sinner man. I'm a Jewish man working for the people that are oppressing my people and stealing from on top of all that. And you're coming to my house. What was the father trying to show us? Maybe the religious leaders got it wrong. You cannot separate me from you no matter how hard you try. 
I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. So not only do we entertain thoughts about the Father that Jesus didn't fully reveal that way. Secondly, here's, here's for me the more challenging thought. Ready for this? What perspective of myself, this is what Apostle Damon Thompson does, this pierced my heart. What perspective of myself do I still have that is inconsistent with how I know Papa feels about Jesus? Because watch this, if it's true of Jesus, it's true of us. If the Father viewed Jesus that way, he views you that way. Most people believe that God is good, but we believe we're trash. We stink, right? But is that how the Father revealed Jesus to us? No. So it's not as God thinks about me that determines how I am. It's also what I think about me in light of what God thinks about me. Because watch this, you and I will always behave consistently with how we believe about ourselves. So the man that thinks he'll sleep with everybody, guess what he does? He manifests that truth and he sleeps with everybody. The man that thinks he's a liar, guess what he does? He lies. Right? Because as a man or a woman thinketh in their heart about themselves, so are they. The man that operates in rage often and loses it, guess what? He secretly thinks something about himself or woman. If I operate, if I secretly think of myself as being an insecure person, guess what I ultimately manifest? Insecurity. The challenge though, man, this hit me last night like a ton of bricks. Never heard what I'm fixing to tell you. Here's the challenge. Wrong note, Josh. Go find it, son. Here's the challenge. And this, you know, man, for me, if the scripture is not like like legitimately bringing life to me, I ask myself certain questions. So Dallas Willard wrote a book. He called it, he called it, the book was called The Great Omission. And in the book, this is what he said in the book. He said, and this this is, man, this is such a big challenge here. He said, this is a challenge that most Americans here in the West, we have to face. He said, we have Christ himself, Christ Jesus, the, the God man, fully man, yet fully God. And then we have Christ shuns. Christ shuns, right? Now, he said, the problem is, is there is a gap between Christ and the people that bear his name. He said, this is problematic. It's problematic. This is what Mahatma Gandhi had a problem with. He said, I love Christ, but I have a problem with those that bear his name. Because Watch this, because there's such, there's such a gap, watch this, in their nature. And they behave differently than Christ. But I want to submit something to you. Behavior is never an issue. Behavior is never the issue. How a person behaves is never the issue. Behavior is never the issue. Our issue is not behavior. Our issue is belief. That's the issue. We behave the way we behave because of the way we believe. 
And if we only deal with behavior issues as Christians, we'll keep manifesting dysfunction because behavior is the fruit, but belief system is the root. And God says transformation really comes not by me pulling all the wrong fruit off of your life, but transformation comes by me addressing the root issues of your life. It's so true. Come on, is that making sense? So if you want to change how somebody behaves, you first got to change how they believe. This is why Jesus Christ, the son of God, comes to the earth 2,022 years ago and he doesn't say stop behaving bad. He says, repent, which means change the way you believe. And we thought if I can get them to say, I'm sorry for cussing, they'd stop cussing. We thought if I can get them to say, I'm sorry for behaving that kind of way, they would stop. And we have replaced sorrow for repentance. But Jesus didn't say, if you feel sorry over it, he said, you will enter the kingdom. He says, no, but if you have a Greek, if you have a metanoia, if you change the way that you think about these things, then you will enter the kingdom of God. You'll enter the kingdom of God. So Dallas Willard said in the greater mission, he said, there is a massive gap between Christ and those that bear his name. And the way we got to get the gap to be less is we got to be willing to say, Jesus, you thought and taught about some things that are different than the way I was taught or thought. And I am willing to, by faith, trust you, even if it offends how I think. So what did Jesus often tell the disciples? I know Moses in the law said to you, but now I'm saying to you. Yeah, but Moses said that, brother Moses. Yeah, he said that in the scripture, but the word of God is now talking. Word of God is now talking. Many people let scripture speak louder than the word. Listen, listen, listen. We should let the word teach us what scripture means. Ain't nobody saying nothing up in here. The way we lessen this gap... We got to bring it together. It will mean that some stuff gets dismantled, but only to let him build it back up properly again. This this whole this whole what time is it? Twelve or four. This whole identity thing is bigger than we think. I'm telling you, in the Garden of Eden, God establishes our identity. Remember, when we got on the scene, what did mankind have to make? How many mountains did man make? How many rivers did we make? How many blades of grass did we make? How many animals did we have to make? We got here when everything was already done because he only wanted us to enjoy it. Our first full day on the planet was a day of rest. We got made on the sixth day going into day seven. So our first full day on the planet was God's Sabbath, his day of rest. So my faith in the beginning didn't start with a big do. It started with a big done. No, listen, listen, listen. And if, if we are going to rest in that truth, we got to start from a place of it is finished. Adam, on day one, it was finished when you got here. 
And all you got to do is you got to learn to watch this. I've never heard it. You got to learn to steward what was finished. We don't store the finished work well, Michael. I said, we don't steward, Matt, the finished work well. And what the first Adam lost in a garden, here comes the last Adam now in another garden called Gethsemane. And boy, there's a tension there. And Adam and Eve in a garden called Eden got lured away out of their true identity. Abba said, I made you in my image and in my likeness. And he spoke over them that they were good. And that was identity. Boom, you are good. I'm good. I'm good. And then it isn't just like the serpent to come along. Why was it not strange to find a serpent in a garden? Because snakes are in gardens. But I would have thought it strange that he was a talking snake. I'd have been like, now, <laughs> you, now. I didn't see that on Discovery Planet. Animal Planet. It's right here. It's different. Or maybe Adam had such dominion over what God created that Adam could actually speak to all creation. Now let that, let that set on you for a minute. And then here comes the serpent who the Bible said was more cunning than any beast of the field. And he said, did God really say Eve? Did God really say? And he made her, through the seed of suggestion, slightly doubt what Abba had said to Adam. Mm -hmm. God knows if you eat this fruit, you'll be like him. But what was the problem? She was already like him. So what? watch religion. Watch religion. If you do, then you can become. That's religion. If you do, you can become. What does real faith say? You already are, so you can do. You hear that? You hear that? You already are. You already are. Our problem, we don't store the finished work well. I want to say that there's still work to do, but we do it from a finished posture. So this hit me last night. Ready for this? How many times in the Bible is God not trying to reinforce who we are? From the start, he said, you're good. Man, I preached it three or four weeks straight here. You are Hepzibah, Isaiah 64, which means you are what? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? I have to go back and reteach it. You are Hepzibah to me. You're accepted. You are beloved to me. Right? What he said of Jesus, he said over you. He said of Jesus at baptism, this is my beloved son. Well, the Bible says we are in the son. When he spoke over Christ that you're my beloved, he was essentially speaking over all humanity. You are my beloved. Act, uh, Ephesians 1, I believe 6, you are accepted in the beloved, which means you are sons in the son. Somebody's like, your mind's like, no. You are sons in the son. So God always says, you're beloved, you're, you're chosen, uh, you're my pleasure, you're my delight, you're the salt of the earth, right? You're a city set on a hill that can't be hid. You are royal, you are peculiar, you are this, you are that, you are this, you are that. God doesn't continually say these things over us because he doesn't believe it and he doesn't know it. He says them consistently over us because we don't believe it. And sometimes we don't know it. I'm going to be honest with you. There have been sometimes I'm good in my faith, but because of tragic th 
thing happened to me. The next day I'm like, I don't know if God's with me. Y'all ain't never been that way. You know why? Because storms create amnesia. You hear that? Storms create amnesia. When you go through things, it'll make you feel like, man, is God really with me? Right? So at 5.13 this week when my phone went off on, I believe, Wednesday, and they said, your mom passed away. Boy. Isaiah 7 and 14 stands up. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Struggles do not alter your identity, but it will show you how much you believe it. I said struggles do not alter our identity, but it will show how much we believe. There are things that God has spoken over us as his people that are forever true. But just because it's true does not mean it will be our experience unless we believe it. So as a man or woman thinketh, then I think I am righteous because you said I am. I think I am blessed because you said I am. I think I can walk in purity because you said I could. I think I am holy because you said I am holy. And then your mind makes you struggle over these things because you know how you live. So here's what the Holy Spirit whispered to me last night. Never heard this, but it's free for you. The enemy cannot make something untrue that God has said is true about you. The best thing he can do is make you doubt it. That is so good. The enemy cannot make something about you untrue that God has said about you, but he can make you doubt it. And remember this word from last week right here? Because the enemy knows he cannot make God out of a liar and what he has said. Then the next ploy is this. Make them doubt themselves. Make them doubt themselves. But I just want to say this over you, man, and I'm done. Come on, Miss Dollar, back to the keys if you don't mind if you're in here. I want to say this and I'm done. What would it look like to get so grounded and how we see ourselves, so that no storm. I I don't want to. I, I want to be very realistic. Like I, you know, for me it was a, a horrific phone call that nobody looks forward to getting. But it, it is impossible to live a life where storms don't come. What are the lyrics to that song? The storm came and the rain blew. Is that how it goes? Rain came, wind blew. But my house was built on you. Rain came, wind blew, my house was built on you. What would it look like to be so grounded in what you believe God says that regardless of the storm or the struggle, because we all have them, you just, you just know who you are. I just know who I am. And even if I lose sight of who I am, I believe in who you are. I believe in who you are. I believe in who you are. You know what Paul says about, I mean, this guy wrote this from a prison cell. He said, Timothy, even when we are faithless, it's crazy. He said, God remains faithful. Like what? 
So is there going to come a time I'm not going to be faithful to a truth? I promise you there will be. (laughs) But there will never not be a time when Abba is not faithful to a truth. And I know what it's like to live in a Christian house made of straw. Three little pigs. And I'm building up, man. I'm learning things, Matt. I'm learning things. And I think I'm good. And I'm really, I know what it's like to live in this Christian house made of sticks. And dang it, man, the wind blew there too, (laughs) you know. But we better go to our elder brother's house. We better go to elder brother's house. The Hebrew writer said, every house is built by some man. But Jesus, he's our chief cornerstone. upon which this temple is built. And so when rains come, and they do, and winds blow, and they will eventually, you're either just leaving a storm, currently not in one, and one is coming, you somewhere in between. Because life's going to hit us all with a curveball. You're going to get a a report you didn't want to get. You're going to get a phone call you didn't want to get. You're going to get called in to an office. Something's going to happen nationally in the country. My God, the person you voted for didn't get voted in. Whatever it might be, it's called life. But there has been one constant in the cosmos. (laughs) And he's Jesus Christ. He's Jesus Christ. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I want you to be so grounded that when the wind blows... You're not standing upon your own foundation. You recognize I'm standing upon his. When the storm comes, you're not standing upon your own foundation. You're standing upon his. Abba, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your truth, Papa. That when rain comes and storms blow, when I feel shaken, my identity in you is not. And Lord, I pray that in this region you will establish a family that we so believe in what you said that we see the reality of heaven on earth in our emotions, in our mindsets, in how we speak to our spouse and our children, how we interact with our neighbors even in our gatherings like we have today. You won't fail. Some of you, you might need to hear that. I'm telling you, man, God is faithful. He's faithful. And when he comes to speak to us, he may seem like he's dismantling some things, but you can trust him. Yeah, but how's it going to look? Just trust him. It'll be better than you thought. But I pray for those today, maybe like myself, that just need encouragement. You are a father to the fatherless. You are the brother that really sticks closer than any other. You are the one who's always present, even in our loneliness. And even when our world is in chaos, I'm reminded that you're the Genesis 1 God. You come in the middle of chaos. And you bring order out of it. If you're in here and you feel like your world's spinning today, I just want to say this. Just trust the Lord, man. That may not bring an immediate stoppage of it, but I'm telling you, trust the Lord. 
I'm learning from me that when everything around me is crazy, sometimes the only stable place is what he's doing inside of my heart. You know what I did when I got that phone call this morning before I told my I was actually sleeping in my son's bed because I was up here working to like 1 a.m. or something. And then she messaged me. She said, hey, sailor's in the bed. I was like, okay. So I went home and I dove into bed with honor. And I get this phone call and I... I hit the green, my phone was ringing, I hit the green phone button, and my brother's hysterical on the other end. I talked to him for like 15 minutes or so. I get off the phone, and I just, I don't know what I felt. I go, and I slide in on my wife's side of the bed, you know. That was like three inches, but I don't require much. You know, so I'm on, I'm hanging on, and I put my face in her back, and I wake her up. And uh, she probably felt my hot tears. She's like, you okay? And she heard me say something that she's never heard me say in the 17 years or 18 years. I said, I'm not okay. So she turns over really quick. She said, what happened? So I told her what happened. And I said, um, I said, but the gospel's true. You hear that? So yeah, that's how I feel. But boy, the gospel's true. And so in our worst moments, like God is with us, that there may be no immediate fixing. I'm a man. I like to fix things. My wife says, this is wrong. You know what I go into? Fixing mode. I fix it. Some things you can't fix. But the gospel's true. The gospel's true. And I just want to encourage you, even in crazy moments, the gospel's true. You are who he says you are. But to the degree that you believe it, to that degree you experience it. Father, I release this word over our family today. And let me just pray this over you. I just pray that this Thanksgiving season, as we get to be with family, that you would create memories that will last a lifetime. But I pray this time, Lord, that those memories would run deep. For the children, parents, grandparents, and siblings alike. We are really grateful and thankful that we get to do life. And I appreciate it to the full, even in the worst moments. Because through it all, you are good. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Wave Family Church, or you can visit our website at wavefamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Wave Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wavefamilychurch.com. Be blessed.